Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. My mother is a teacher, and so because she's a teacher, she has summers off, right? Which is really cool. Good for her. I'm happy for her that she gets that. But one of the things that comes up because of that is gets to spend extra time with us, and she doesn't have anything to do tomorrow, whereas I do because I'm still working. And so our nights can sometimes get really late because she's just, you know, having a grand old time with the grandkids. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I've got stuff to do. So, <laughs> anyway, that's why we're recording late tonight. So, I apologize, John. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in. I would be up until probably 11 anyway. So okay. Okay. To feel bad on my account. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're right. I'm not. Instead, I am <laughs> in my son's room this time. And, um, Which is conspicuously quiet. It is. It's because that he is not here. He stayed with his grandmother tonight. Mm, living the dream. Yes. So he's getting spoiled. Probably eating ice cream for dinner. Do- donuts and chocolate milk for breakfast or not? Nah? Uh, probably. Yes. Yes. I would that, say probably so. Genuinely is the dream. Yes, for sure. Lucky him. <laughs> Jay, you're an adult. Yeah, but he's got you... the metabolism. That's fair. <laughs> You have the money, but he has the the metabolism. John, I didn't get this beautiful body by eating celery, so... (laughs) That's what I tell people at work, when I'm just like, y'all, this is body by bad choices. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back, guys, to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, once again, is my co-host, John Mueller. Is me. me. um, (laughs) I noticed the nicknames this season started out really good, and then tapered off here the last like maybe eight episodes well i have a theory as to why that is jay it's because the season started and we were in quarantine and the season is winding down and we are no longer in quarantine so i don't know about you but i'd speak for myself i have been out significantly more in the past probably two months than in the let's let's be conservative a year before that <laughs> that's fair that is fair yeah me too i've i've had a lot going on in my life just in general um i think i've i definitely talked about it in the first episode um and then have talked about it occasionally going forward but i am a therapist and so right now i'm working on being licensed so i had an exam a few weeks ago and i've been studying very hard the past few months with studying for that exam. And so because of that, I haven't been able to put a whole lot of attention on the podcast. So that's one reason why, just another reason why I've slacked off as far as the nickname goes. That that pesky career, why I oughta. I don't even know my score. I won't know my score for like another two weeks. So That's the worst, I know. dude. <laughs> You've built it up and built it up and built it up. And it's like, well, you know, I'll know when I know. Yeah. Funny story with that. I'll tell real quick just because it it is actually pretty comical. But here in Tennessee, um, you know, I know everybody's kind of got their own thing going on in their own states and even personally as far as masks go. But here in Tennessee, the, the rules for mask mandates have been pretty chill for about a solid three months now. And so... I haven't been wearing a mask at all. Well, for this exam, they said that I had to wear a mask. Oh. And so I got to the testing center and I forgot to bring one. And I showed up right when my test was supposed to start. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have a mask. I see the big sign on the door and I poke my head in and I look at the guy and I'm like, do I have to have a mask? And he's like, yes, you have, like you cannot come in here without a mask. And I'm like, do you have one? And he says, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like freaking out. So I go to my car. I'm like ripping apart my car. I'm like, there's got to be one buried in here somewhere. 
can't find one. This sweet girl comes out and she's like, I've just finished my test and takes off her mask. and says, Do you want mine? She's like, I haven't been sick. Um, I've been vaccinated. Do you want this? And I'm like, that's very sweet of you. I'm going to hold on to it, but I'm going to no offense, but I'm going to see if I can find a better one. <laughs> Maybe one that hasn't just been used. And she's like, no, I completely understand. So then I, I continue looking and this other girl comes out and says, Hey, I've got a mask and it's been sitting. I've worn it before, but it's been sitting in my car on the dashboard for two weeks. And I'm like, you know what? It's been sitting in the sun. She hasn't worn it in a long time. (laughs) I'll take it. So I was desperate at that point. I had to get this test done. So anyway, so the whole time I'm taking the test and I'm like, like thinking like, I don't want to breathe too hard. (laughs) Might breathe in some funky something from her. The stress of probably that everybody has felt over this past year with masks. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like I got my second shot at the beginning of June. So I've been pretty clear. No mask just about everywhere until I went to a walk-in clinic this morning. And they were like, yeah, no, you uh, still need them here. So I just, I have a car mask that I've always had and it stays in one of my cup holders. And I was like, oh, well, uh, BRB. (laughs) And then, yeah, that's, that's how that went. Huh? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Well, when they look at you and they give you those strange looks and they're like, nope, you have to wear one. You're like, okay. (laughs) I think the the funniest thing is going to be though. Like, if there are places that have more stringent mask rules still, people getting a second year of mask tan. <laughs> right. The idea of that is hilarious to me. Yeah, that's true. Well, guys, this week uh, we are reviewing Raya and the Last Dragon, now available on Disney+. Plus. Um, of course, we are gonna, I'm going to skip this news segment this week. There's not really a whole lot of news to talk about anyway. Uh, nothing really super worthy. Um, so we're going to skip that completely, but we do have another two episodes of Loki to review, and I guess we have another two, one or two episodes of The Bad Batch to review, but at the same time, eh. right? Eh. I mean, it kind of feels more like a chore at this point than it does actually watching an episode. It's, it's felt better here recently. But at the same time, it took some doing to get to that point. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, it makes me sad to say it like that. But I just... I don't really care all that much anymore with the Bad Batch. Yeah. Even... Well, I mean, do you, are we going to talk about it or are we going to just kind of dance around it? Because I'm fine either way. I, um, I mean, I guess for consistency... To, to, to be consistent, we should probably go ahead and review it. Um, I'd hate to torture you with that task, but that way we can get that out of the way before we review yeah. Loki. Which episodes are we on? That's also a good question. That's Yeah. Uh, hold on. Because we watched the one with Rex, right? Yeah. So it's Reunion and Bounty Lost. Yes. Okay, I am going to go ahead and read. These are even briefer. These are like three, like four-sentence synopses. Perfect. So they'll be even more brief than normal. Um, episode 8, Reunion. The Scrapper Guild informs the Empire of the Bad Batch's location, and Crosshair is sent to kill them. Concerned that Omega will not be returned safely, Lama Su hires a second bounty hunter to retrieve the girl. Crosshair cuts the Bad Batch off from their ship, so they attempt to escape through the cruiser's ion engine. Crosshair pins them inside and has the engine turned on, but they use explosives salvaged from the cruiser's armory to escape, and Crosshair is injured by the engine's ignition. Hunter and Omega are confronted by bounty hunter Cad Bane, who shoots Hunter in the chest and kidnaps Omega. The rest of the group catch up, carry the injured Hunter onto, the, onto their ship, and escape. That's uh, really genuinely all that happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nothing is like, oh, you remember this and that, and that was cool, and no. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes me wonder why they didn't just make episode 7 and episode 8 just one episode. From a consistency standpoint, other than the series premiere, I don't see how you could have any episodes be a different length other than maybe the finale. Yeah. 
but I completely agree. It's definitely like there was not enough content for two episodes, but too much content for one episode. Yeah. What was your reaction when Cad Bane showed up? Um, it's been a little bit since I watched the bits of Clone Wars where he was like super, super relevant. Yeah. But it was again, the same type of like, Oh yeah, this guy from that other place. <laughs> I, I will, I will admit I was uh, pretty excited to see him come back. Um, he was one of my more favorite villains from the Clone Wars series. So I was excited to see him come back, but it wasn't anything super special. Um, yeah, but it was neat to see to see him. And I feel um, like it's I feel like it's such an indictment on the Bad Batch that it was like, oh, Cad Bane is here. I should go watch his Clone Wars episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Ah, uh, because that's definitely more the feeling I had. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't watch any of these on Friday ever like on release day. Mm-hmm. Not a one. Yeah. We do watch them on Friday, but it's just because that's, that's just what we've gotten used to doing now. Yeah. Like, Oh, Hey, it's Friday. Clone Wars episodes come out or uh, Clone Wars. <laughs> Bad batch episode has come out. Yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you in this episode? I mean, they, I mean, you are right. This, uh, synopsis really is like, that's literally all that happened. Yeah, uh, Crosshair is injured, but he's mummified real quick, and then he's, like, fine. Yeah. So I feel like they oversell his injury, but it, it definitely looks worse than he's acting like it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interested to see how that affects him going forward. Um, one of the super, super minor fan theories, because it's not worth actually making fan theories about this show, is that the engine igniting and burning his face could have damaged his inhibitor chip, mm. which means he won't be as like aggressively like good soldiers follow orders, like inhibited chip essentially. Like he might, he might be able to rebel against order 66 now. Hmm. Um, and we haven't seen enough of him in the episode since to really be able to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. So in that episode, episode nine is called bounty lost and it's while chasing after Cad Bane, the Bad Batch learned from Tech that Omega is an unmodified replication of Jango Fett, making her the only available source for fresh cloning material. En route to an old Kaminoan cloning facility, Omega tricks Cad Bane's droid a Todo into releasing her and is able to signal the Bad Batch. Lama Su sends Ton Wei to retrieve Omega and orders Nala Se to eliminate the girl after extracting genetic samples from her. Con- concerned for Omega's safety, Nala Se sends Fennec Shand to rescue Omega. Shand kills Tonway and duels Bane, o- allowing Omega to escape and be retrieved by the Bad Batch. This was a pretty fun episode. It was fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie, because you had the the Cloud City kind of vibes, right? The abandoned facility in the clouds, and the lighting was really cool. And just the, the 1v1 of this established bounty hunter who we know in Cad Bane, and given how old she is in The Mandalorian, this is Fennec Shand cutting her teeth in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, she is new. Yeah. And, I mean, she, she holds her own. She does. And it was funny that they each were sending their own bounty hunter to take care of the situation. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like a classic Wild West setup where you've hired this cowboy to do this job, but you've hired another cowboy behind the other person's back to do the complete opposite thing. And now the, now the two cowboys have, um, met face to face and now they're fighting each other. Yeah. I would say in, in that vein, it's kind of reminiscent of the beginning of the dark Knight because it's like, this person has a job and then the next person's job is to kill that guy. Yes. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, a domino effect of like, well, these are all things that happened. And now it's like, where do we go from here? Like yeah. once that last domino falls, what happens? That's right. Yeah. Other than um, the action in this episode, it was just kind of straightforward. The only thing that, that I thought was interesting was that um, I guess my theory was wrong uh, from the beginning where I said that this was Ray's mother, but that's obviously not the case. 
This is an unmodified replication of Django Fett for Omega. I mean, it could theoretically still be true. I guess so. Like, there's a there's a Venn diagram situation in which they both happen. It's just a very, very slight overlap. Yeah. So I do I do think it's unlikely, but it has not been, el- as they say with all the like sports teams, it has not been mathematically eliminated yet. So it does make me wonder, John. Yes, okay. So Omega, so Omega we now know is an unaltered replication, unmodified replication of Django Fett. Mm-hmm. But what significance does that really play? Long term, I have no idea. Because that was my first question. Was if the Empire is already considering moving forward or moving on from the cloning process anyway, what's what's really the significance of her being this pure Django Fett DNA? Doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I, I completely agree. Just because by the time A New Hope comes around, obviously we're into the Stormtrooper era and we've left clones behind. I would say even before that, you think of Solo... And the, the Imperial Army there, and that's got to be vaguely, what, like 10, 15 years before the events of A New Hope? Mm-hmm. And then even, like, Rebels. You know, like, how far... I mean, we know Rex has gotten older by the time Rebels starts up, mm-hmm. which Rebels takes place before A New Hope. Well, some of it. Some of it, yeah. So, it makes you wonder, like, I don't know, like, what's... I'm very confused... I don't know where this show is going, and I feel yeah. like that's the most frustrating part of this whole show, is it's like, okay, so what? what's the mission? What's the purpose? I would theorize, here it is, we're recording on June 30th, 2021, I would bet if Omega survives the season, I would be curious to see if she becomes a player in the Book of Boba Fett. Hmm. Because they say there are only two unmodified replications. One is Boba. Right. Whose codename was Alpha. So obviously beginning and end. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But big picture in terms of like Skywalker saga, I don't feel like there can be any impact. Which is kind of like you're saying, kind of distressing. Yeah. Well, let's, um, you know, I don't even think we should rate him. I think the way that we talked about it probably says enough, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I would say probably since probably episode six or probably five or six, just wait till the whole season comes out. Watch it at your own discretion. I agree. Because it's not worth the, oh, what's going to happen next week? Because to this point, there's been no lasting impact. That's been the biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. And speaking of lasting impact, let's hop into Loki. Yes, let's do that. So the two episodes for this this week is episode three, uh, Lamentus, and episode four, The Nexus Event. I didn't watch through the credits. I didn't know there was a mid-credit scene. <gasps> there is, John. It has so just been spoiled good. for me. Oh my goodness. It was so cool. Dad gummit. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want me to read through Lamentus? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, The variant arrives at the TVA and attempts to find the timekeepers, followed by Loki, who uses a Tempad to teleport them both away and escape from Renslayer. They arrive at 2077 Lamentus 1, a moon that is soon to be crushed by a planet, and the Tempad runs out of power. Loki magically hides it, and the variant, who goes by the alias Sylvie, agrees to work with him to charge it. They sneak aboard a train bound for the Ark, an evacuation spaceship, which they believe can recharge the Tempad. Loki gets drunk and draws attention to them, leading to a fight with guards who throw him off the train. Sylvie follows him, only to find the Tempad broken, and the duo decide to finish the journey on foot and commandeer the Ark so they can use it to escape. Sylvie reveals that the TVA's workers are all variants and were not created by the Timekeepers, as Mobius claimed. Loki and Sylvie fight their way through guards and a crowd of people attempting to board the Ark, but before they get there, meteors from the oncoming planet destroy the Ark. Man, this Pretty was... ominous ending there. It was. I re- Gosh, when that ended, I was like, we finished up the episode and I looked at my family and I said, well, this was a really short series, wasn't it? <laughs> because you're like, there's no way they're getting out of this. 
Like their last ditch effort to get out of here was just destroyed. Yeah. When she and Sylvie had been building it up because she had been hopping from apocalypse to apocalypse to apocalypse, hiding out. And um, that was her, that was how she stayed away from the TVA. So she goes, this is the worst one of all of the apocalypses I encounter. No one survives this. Hmm. And then you just get to thinking, you're like, Loki isn't going to be able to Loki his way out of this. Nope. And then he doesn't. (laughs) It's the most climactic, anticlimactic thing that's ever happened. And her reaction is priceless because he, he sits there. He just, he kind of just lets his arms fall and his mouth is kind of hanging open. And you're, you know, you kind of feel like he does. You're like, well, what now? And before he even gets to that, she's just walked away. Like she just walks away and I was like, well, there we go. But yeah, so um, we get a name, Sylvie. I feel like we were inevitably going to get a name because of how aggressively she reacted to being called Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the Tom Hiddleston Loki referred to her. He was like, "Yeah, you're you're a Loki," and she was like, "Say that one more time." It was almost like that scene in Pulp Fiction when Samuel L. Jackson is like, "Say what again?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did feel like that. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's probably, I uh, shouldn't do that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love their little scene where they're, you know, they're trying to fix the, the tin, the tin pad and, um, they go up to that little, you know, trailer place and, and, uh, trying to talk to the lady about where, where to go. And, you know, Loki's like, oh, you're pathetic. And then he tries to pretend like he's her husband and then she blasts him too. And it was like. My husband hadn't said anything to me like that in years, you know? <laughs> he never said nothing that nice in 30 years. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. I like their little back and forth that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the most fascinating part about them is in this episode, you start to see that maybe they've got a thing for each other. Which, at first, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. So he's kind of in love with himself. And then I thought, how fitting is that that he's he would be falling in love, in with, love himself. with himself yeah it definitely it definitely starts as a will they won't they will they won't they kind of like a kind of like jim and pam but when pam was still with the other guy who no one likes yes the delivery guy i thought he was in the warehouse or warehouse that's what i meant i, I want to say it's like dave but i know his name's not dave he just he kind of feels like a dave and i don't mean that <laughs> I don't no mean offense that well. to any Daves out there. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he's not he's not a Chad, right? So he can't be that far down the line. But I don't know. <laughs> I had nothing against Daves. I named my Charizard in Pokemon Go Dave, and then I named my shiny Charizard Dave Junior. <laughs> Very original, John. Good job. That's what, I'm, what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, Roy. So. That's his name. Gosh. But yeah, so we we get this this hint. We we start to get an idea of what her past has possibly possibly been like. Um, Loki talks more about himself and um, the family that he had growing up, his mo- his mother, and what an important part she played in his life. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a romance going on there. Uh, I can't really think of anything else that takes place because i i think i don't think they do any jumping do they like they just it's just with them the whole time like it doesn't ever go back to the tva is that right uh what was the question the tva is never like it never does like a cut where it goes back to the tva to show what they're doing not in this episode that i remember because episode two ends and there's all these branch timelines and then that is to this point not talked about again yes it's actually, it is very odd. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that as well. All right. Shall we move on to the next one? I believe we shall. Episode four, the Nexus event. Something oh. is going on underneath me and I'm very perplexed. <laughs> For context, I'm on the second floor of my house. So something is going on in the first floor of my house. No, I, <laughs> my first thought was, is something happening to your chair? I hope not. This is a very nice chair. Um, <laughs> The Nexus Event, Episode 4, Loki, Season 1. On Lamentus 1, Sylvie tells Loki she escaped from the TVA's detention as a child. At the TVA, 
Renslayer informs Mobius about Hunter C-20's death under uncertain circumstances. Loki and Sylvie form a romantic bond, creating a unique branched timeline that draws the attention of the TVA and allows for their rescue. Mobius has them both arrested, punishing Loki by leaving him in a time loop with Lady Sif. Mobius and B-15 realize they are variants after interrogating Loki and Sylvie. Mobius subsequently frees Loki from the loop, but is soon confronted by Renslayer and erased. <gasps> Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the Timekeepers before Hunter B-15 intervenes. In the ensuing fight, Renslayer's Minutemen are erased while Renslayer is knocked unconscious by Sylvie, who destroys one of the Timekeepers, discovering they are androids. Renslayer regains consciousness and erases Loki. In anger, Sylvie demands the truth from Renslayer. In a mid-credits scene, Loki awakens in an unknown realm, surrounded by four other Loki variants who invite him to join them. Which, the variants that he's surrounded by, just so you know, because uh, we found out that John didn't see this... Uh... After none credit of, scene. None of the rest of the shows have had mid credit scenes until the finale. <laughs> In my defense. We've, we watch, we decided that because it's Marvel, we watch all the way through the credits just to be sure. <sighs> That's fair. Um, but anyway, the four variants, one was a very large, very muscular, uh, black oh, no. Loki. One was a old Loki that had like bright yellow horns. One of them was a child Loki that looked like he was probably 10 years old. And then another one was an alligator Loki yes. that, the, that the child was actually holding. <laughs> and he had the little horns on his head. That's that I'm going to, I'm as soon as we wrap here, I am going to go watch that mid credit scene. Yeah. He, he's laying on the ground and he goes, am I dead? Am I in hell? And then you hear this voice and he's like, not yet. Not unless you work with us nice so anyway that was pretty cool yeah wow this episode had so much stuff happen in it uh first off you have the beginning of the episode like before the opening credits it was um we get to see uh sylvie when she was a kid and how she was erased from her timeline and i don't know about you john but i was confused as to why she was being erased Mm -hmm. All she was doing was she was in Asgard, which looks very similar to the one that we've seen before. And she's playing with a, a ship and some little characters that went along with it. And in comes the, the um, TVA, says that she's under arrest for doing something that, as far as we could tell, she didn't do anything. And then they take her away. And that was that. And then she escaped... And she's been on the run ever since. And that's how she's been surviving is from she found out uh, that jumping from apocalypse to apocalypse uh, keeps her hidden. And so she's just been doing that her whole life. While also planning an incredible revenge, which again has begun, but we have yet to see what's happening. Yes. Even, even in this fourth episode, two complete episodes later... The event that happens in the the Walmart in Alabama in 2050, not discussed again. Not at all. It's like, oh yeah, it was an apocalypse of apocalypses, but it's okay. You know, that was just Tuesday. So that is perplexing. I will say that. But I I definitely loved this episode. The um, the time jail was <laughs> hilarious <laughs> because it was. It wasn't just he was trapped in a time loop with Lady Sif. He was trapped in a time loop after having just essentially punked Lady Sif, uh, who, if you're familiar, you probably shouldn't have done. Um, so she walks up and she confronts him. And she slaps him in the face. And then she knees him in the crotch and punches him. And it is a theoretically infinite loop of those actions. <laughs> like, man... That's, whew, that is rough. Yes. And every single time she said, like, she calls him these names and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, Loki, it was interesting. It, it, a lot of character development in this episode. 
but about the, I don't know how many times he'd gone through it, but he stops her before she even gets to him and he confesses what he did. He apologizes. He, 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 he gives her an apology and, and then he goes on to say like why he did it and how he always feels alone and that he's afraid that he's going to always be alone. And he said he recognizes that he's a narcissist. I mean, it was actually pretty powerful. And it, it essentially had to be though, because what that scene did, that soul scene did the, I would say equitable character development to what happens in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because the Loki from the show obviously is, is taking place from the end of Avengers and he hasn't had those subsequent movies of character development to get to the point at the end of Ragnarok, the beginning of infinity war where he is, I would say somewhat undeniably a hero oh, in the story. Oh yeah. So he's, he's to this point, chaotic, neutral, chaotic, evil. And that scene swings the pendulum back the other way where he's obviously going to still be chaotic, right? He's going to be in that middle row, but it swings him more into chaotic good. Yeah, definitely. Which, I mean, getting need in the nuts an infinite amount of times will do to you. Yeah. Because what we end up discovering is, is Mobius, you know, Loki tells Mobius that he's a variant and that he's been lied to about who he is. And Mobius doesn't believe him for a while. But then there was something about it that like actually made sense to him because he investigates it and goes to Loki and is like, hey, you know, I believe you. And they kind of form this friendship, which was already starting to be there. But they straight up are like, you know, you know, uh, I'm, I'm your friend. I trust you. And they leave together and then he's deleted yeah, that one. I was not expecting that. I was like, what? No. Which, we'll get to that in a second. But I was like, no. I was so upset. Yeah. I Owen Wilson doesn't quite have the reputation of somebody like Sean Bean, right? Where Sean Bean, if he lives throughout a movie, you are surprised. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't know. And this could be more the genre of movies Owen Wilson is often in. But I don't know that I'm familiar with a, an Owen Wilson movie where he does not survive. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Of course, yeah. he's never really been in anything super serious. I, that's the that's the caveat to to this criticism. Um, but I was I was very surprised because they had been spending a pretty good amount of time actually building up the camaraderie between Mobius and Renslayer, and they're like, yeah, they're friends. They might be more than friends. They're coworkers. They might be more than friends. And then she just like. Nah, it's like he she is he made a mistake on math, and she just flipped the pencil over and erased the whole thing. Nah, you're deuces. Get out of here. Yeah. Hmm. Now let's talk about one of the biggest reveals of this episode: that the timekeepers are androids. Is that necessarily super super surprising though? It's really not, and I'm going to confess. I'm I'm gonna brag a little bit. And say that I called this in the very first episode with my family. We were they were talking about the timekeepers, and I was like, you know, what's going to be really funny is that I bet the timekeepers aren't even real. And then, sure enough, they're not. It's it's not so much that they aren't real as much as the theory of something that can control a sacred timeline, so to speak, has to be an AI. It doesn't make any sense that it could be any type of living sentient being. It would have to be some type of artificial intelligence. And in that vein, it would make sense that an artificial intelligence would create different personas. Hmm. So I would imagine there are different sets of timekeepers, even. Or that they were in a separate reality when that happened. Just go full meta on it. But I don't I don't know. Because now it's it's definitely a what now? It's the exact opposite of what happens in the Bad Batch for us. Yeah. It's so much more compelling. Oh yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder. So it's like, okay, so obviously there's an there is another evil because at this point it's evil. It's mm-hmm. a it's a villain. Mm-hmm. There's some other villain that's controlling the TVA. Also makes me wonder if it's a villain that is saying I want this to be the only timeline 
and is like trying to become the ultimate superpower. Jay, do you want to know who it sounds like you're talking about? Who am I talking about? It sounds like you're talking about Kang. It does, doesn't it? And I feel like that's kind of the easy, the easy answer. Like how in Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was, well, obviously Sharon is the power broker because there's like, I don't know, three extra characters in this show and we know she's one of them. Mm-hmm. And we know Kang is going to happen. And I feel like it's weird to try to fully introduce him in Ant-Man late in phase four. So it would, it just, it makes too much sense, Jay. It does. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like that it makes too much sense. Yes, because I will like get blinders on and I will tunnel vision. This is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. And the two things that can happen from that are either it is that way and I'm incredibly disappointed or it's not that way and I'm incredibly disappointed. <laughs> so yeah. it's just kind of a it's it's a catch 22 if you go too far down that rabbit hole. Mhm. So the best thing to do is to just take it one episode at a time. Absolutely. Enjoy each episode for what it is. Don't think too much. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Don't try to think ahead. Mhm. And just enjoy it. Mhm. Which Absolutely. I am fully enjoying it. Yes. It is a fantastic show. Definitely the best one they've made so far. And Loki is has always been one of my favorite characters. Um, just because he's a villain, but at the same time, not really. More of just a misunderstood individual. And so I'm glad that they've brought him back to the good side. Ish. Ish, yeah. Strong-ish. Here. He's always going to be mischievous, but because that's just his nature. Yeah. But I love it, and I'm excited to see where this show goes. Um, We do only have two episodes left. We only have two episodes left. I've got a feeling that where it's going to go next is we're going to... I think the next episode is just going to be a description on what's going on and possibly end with... Uh, I think what's going to end up happening is... is um, Lady Loki is going to jump, time jump, and pull Loki out, maybe? I'm not sure. At the same time, now he's met these new Lokis, so yeah. there's no telling what direction it's going to go. So I guess I guess now, having gone through four episodes, we have two episodes left. We already have a Lady Sif cameo. What do you think is more likely? We get some type of big bad reveal in the last two episodes, like long-term phase four villain, or probably in episode six in the, in the season finale, we have a Thor cameo I from see somehow it. Loki gets brought back into the sacred timeline. Hmm. I think that one's a little less likely. In fact, what I think is more likely, and I actually thought about this today is we have all these Loki variants that are obviously hanging out together. How funny would it be? If there's a Loki variant that's Chris Hemsworth. Yes. That I think would be more likely and really funny. I feel like it would be it would be great if there was a team of Lokis, but they were all manifested with the actors of the Avengers and it was the Loki Avengers. Like that is a that is a tonight show sketch that I need. <laughs> yes. That's like I need Jimmy Fallon to get on this like now. Yeah, but you get you get like all the actors but have them all act like Loki. Yes. Yes. Like like the scene in Harry Potter where it was <laughs> Emma Watson acting as No, it was Helena Bottom Carter acting as Emma Watson acting as Helena Bottom Carter acting as Emma Watson. Yes. And it's just this super intensely meta scene that works and it has no business working. Yes. Yes, that needs to happen. I would pay good money to see that. Like they mm-hmm. could make a movie of that and I would I would go see it. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I I know I am excited, and uh, I'm looking forward to reviewing um, those two episodes. Um, Now, shall we move on to the main event? I, you know, I believe we shall. Raya and the Last Dragon. Not Raya and the Last Dragon, which is what I said for a while until I watched the movie. (laughs) I feel like that's still what I said after I watched the movie just when you watch it when you say it that way for so long it becomes the way you say it yeah 
All right. Do you, would you like me to read the synopsis for Raya and the Last Dragon? Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, it's a movie that came out this year, 2021. It's one hour and 47 minutes. They got a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it did come out in theaters. Uh, it was also released on the Disney Plus exclusive thingy maduger where you pay extra money and you get to see it early. Um, or you could wait, like I did myself, and uh, wait till it's on Disney Plus um, for everybody to watch. And yeah, go ahead, John. All right. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. The prosperous land of Kumandra is ravaged by the Droon, threatening evil spirits that petrify people and dragons. Sisu, the last dragon, concentrates her magic into a gem and banishes the Droon, reviving Kumandra's people, but not the dragons. A power struggle for the gem divides Kumandra's people into five tribes based on their placement, along with a giant, along a giant dragon-shaped river. Fang, heart, spine, talon, and tail. Five hundred years later, Chief Benja of the Heart Tribe trains his daughter Raya to protect the gem. Firmly believing that the tribes can be united once again, Benja decides to hold a feast for the leadership of all five tribes. During the feast, Raya befriends Namari, the daughter of Chief Verana of the Fang tribe, who gives Raya a dragon pendant as a gift. Trusting her, Raya shows Namari the location of the gem, but Namari betrays Raya as part of a plot to help Fang steal the gem. Alerted to the attack, Benja and the other tribes arrive at the scene and start fighting over the gem, which is broken in the scuffle. As each tribe steals a piece of the gem, the Druun reawaken and overtake Heart and its people before spreading throughout the rest of Kamandra. For the next six years, Raya treks across Kamandra to find Sisu and have her recreate another gem. Raya manages to summon Sisu after reaching a shipwreck in Tail. Sisu admits that she did not create the gem, but rather on behalf of her four siblings, with each piece containing each enchanter's power. As they continued their journey, reclaiming pieces and meeting new friends along the way, uh, Boon, Tong, Little Noi, Sisu, Sisu is disguised as a human on Raya's insistence until she reveals herself to save Raya from Namari in spine. At Fang, Sisu convinces Raya to ally with Namari rather than stealing the final piece. Raya returns the dragon pendant she received from Namari as a gesture of trust. Namari, torn by her responsibility to save Fang's reputation and her wish to help defeat the Druun, threatens them with a crossbow. Sisu attempts to calm Namari, only to get herself fatally shot when Raya lashes her sword on Namari's crossbow. Sisu's death causes water to disappear from Fang's protective canal, allowing the Druun to overrun the realm. Raya enters to confront Namari, whom she finds to be mourning the petrification of her mother. The two fight while Raya's companions evacuate the people of Fang using the gem pieces. Raya beats Namari and prepares to kill her, but stops upon realizing her own role in Sisu's death, her inability to trust others, and heads off to help the group instead. Namari follows Raya with Fang's piece and saves her pet Tuk-Tuk from being petrified, earning Raya's forgiveness. As the Druun gain on her group, Raya remembers how trust allowed Sisu to save the world before. She urges the others to unite and reassemble the gym, showing her faith in Namari by handing over her piece and allowing the Druun to turn her to stone. The rest follow suit, with Namari assembling a completed gem before the Druun petrify her as well. The Druun vanish shortly after the reconstruction of the dragon gem, with Sisu revived alongside all victims of the evil spirit. The group reunites with their lost loved ones once again as Kamandra heals. First Yay. thing, first thing I want to point out, the grammar of this plot synopsis is awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Moving past that. Initial reactions, Jay. From the movie? Uh, sure. Uh, so the movie started and, and we were watching it and, and I'm enjoying it. But the whole time I'm watching it, I kept thinking, this sounds familiar. Like this plot sounds very familiar to me. And I couldn't it, put my finger on it. Is was, it not but, Avatar? And, and it was killing me. And then I finally saw an honest trailer for this movie. And they're like, it's Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm like, it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Just not as in-depth and not as uh, overt, maybe? <laughs> yeah. If they were if they were to turn this into a show, it would 100% follow the same plot progression as Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, and I would argue that it probably would have been better as a show, just so we could explore more of the land that they lived in. I think that's fair. The inherent risk of that, though, is Avatar has such a cult following, and oh, people, people hold it in such high regard. It'd be like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, people would be pissed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was my initial reaction to this movie. Um, there was also just a lot... There was a lot of jumping around from place to place, and it just felt very... I don't know. Disjointed. I don't know what the word would be. Yeah, disjointed. My So my biggest complaints with this movie, um, one was I feel like there was too much of some characters. Like they went a little heavy handed with the infant con artist. And I was like, I could have done with less of that character. But the thing that got me, man, 
was the end of the movie, and it's just the the healing power of friendship. <laughs> and I don't necessarily mean to boil it down to such a cliche, but <laughs> that's how the last scene is composed. Uh, the healing power of it's like, friendship. It's like the Care Bears and Captain Planet, but also like the Book of Eli with this dire apocalypse. <laughs> uh, it's like if Captain Planet was actually made into a theatrical movie. Like this is the kind of setup it would be. It's it's like if Captain Planet existed during I Am Legend. <laughs> Earth, water, heart. Talon, wait, no. <laughs> with your powers combined I become Aquafina wait no <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say it always blows me away how gravelly Aquafina's voice is it is isn't it but it but it works well, well yeah I mean like it's, it's so distinctive and unique you're like oh it's Aquafina oh yeah yeah there's no mistaking it yeah yeah um my, my wife Sarah she actually she, as we were watching it she was like who is that? Who's that is voice? Is she okay? And I was like, it's Aquafina. She was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> the The other thing that I remember from this movie is my wife has a favorite character from this movie, and it's not close. My wife's favorite character from Raya and the Last Dragon is Tuk Tuk. I figured that would be the case. <laughs> Tuk Tuk is adorable because he starts the movie... In kind of that, not not truly a flashback scene, but the scene in the past, and he's an itty bitty, itty bitty guy. And then for the the lion's share of the movie, he's not man. Like he's a he's a, a big old fella. Mm-hmm. He's um if you, if you're unfamiliar with the movie, he's essentially he has a horse roll, right? So that's he he's Raya's mount. She gets around the country, but he's a cross between an armadillo. And a pill bug. <laughs> so think on that for a second. But like the face of like a bear. Exclusively like a baby bear. Yes. Like this is not an intimidating like, like, like oh this thing's yeah, like going a, to end me. It was like, like if I give this bear. if I give this thing a mango, I will be its best friend. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Yes. Yeah. No, that uh, I I agree with her. Yes, that's definitely one of the better characters in this in this movie. Um, is it Namari? Is that the, the friend or the, the, the fang, the fang princess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting at the end when they're fight. like she shoots, she shoots the dragon with a crossbow and then she's fighting, uh, um, Raya and she's like, basically says something that's to the effect of like, you're, you're as much responsible for this, for her death as I am or something like that. And I was like, no, no, you, you, you shot her. Yeah. I watched you. I, I saw you pull the trigger. The arrow went into her heart. You killed her. That was you. Yeah, she, she did. Raya didn't do that. You did that. So that was, that was another part where I was like, um, I don't think so. Now I did enjoy the, the way that they like, you know, the dragon wasn't like all powerful from the very beginning and like slowly started getting powers from all the other dragons i thought yeah. that was cool yeah um the running on raindrops was really interesting and something that i immediately was like is that obviously i know that that's not real but is that like actually what that culture believed or was that something they did just for the movie i, I don't know if you do know there's a few ways that you can reach us you can reach us, uh, the best way to reach us is our email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. You can message us on there. You can also follow all of our updates that are going to be going on. If you want to go to our wonderful website, they didn't ask us pod.com, you can go on there and you can listen to episodes that we release and. You can also get in touch with us. There's a comment card down at the bottom. And then, too, if you want to know more about John and myself, we have little bios on there as well. You can also follow us on Instagram. They didn't ask us. Um, It's not very active, so sorry. Not sorry. But 
but those are some ways. So if you do know if this is actually a thing, because I really would like to know, um, please email us and let us know. We like to hear from you. Absolutely. But yeah, other than that, um, it was one of those movies that like I enjoyed. I thought it was good. Uh, it was entertaining. But I once it finished up, I was like, eh, I don't know. I probably won't ever watch that again. I feel like kind of a step more from from where you are. I would be willing to watch it again, but I would have like so let's say it's it's movie night, you know, Tuesday night movies with with my friends how we've been doing it. It would take some doing to convince me to watch this over a lot of things. So, I wouldn't say the the door is closed on watching it again, but it'd have to be like Man, you know, we we've, we've rewatched everything else that we would rather watch to get to this point. Or yeah. or just like it's been long enough, it's become relevant again. You know how especially Disney movies do that. It was once it reaches a certain age, it was like, "Oh man, this movie's really really good now. We can appreciate it more or, or whatever people say." Like, I mean, I watched Moana for the first time like last month, and that movie's dang good. It is good. So, I don't know that it's necessarily in that same vein of quality but it could be in that same vein of appeal mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i think definitely on the scale of not the best movie that disney has released but definitely not the worst movie oh 100 there are definitely somewhere right there in the middle yeah there are absolutely movies i would recommend this above yes i feel like i needed one out of ten like one to ten ranking because the idea of ranking in the paradigm of even this era of Disney movies is still very intimidating because I have not seen them all. <laughs> One to 10. I feel like I'd give it like an eight. I'm going to rate it a little bit lower. I'd give it more of a six. So together we give it a seven, which I feel, I mean, I feel like that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I, and I give it a six just because of the ability to rewatch it for me. Like the- this is not something that I, watched and then was like yeah you know i might need to watch that again sometime like i watched it and thought yeah i'm good yeah one of my actually this was a discussion i had at work today with one of my coworkers. um he was talking about the wire oh the, yeah the hbo show from the early 2000s right and he has said the wire is good watching it the first time the wire is great watching it a second time hmm. because when you know what's going to happen you understand the emphasis that gets put on different things why things happen the way they do. Hmm. And I wonder if this could be one of those movies. Could when it's be. like, now that I understand what's happening or now that I know what's happening, I understand why it's happening. Or it could be the way that I watched the wire the first time watching it. It was terrible. <laughs> and I never finished it. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that was one of those shows that, that's probably an unpopular opinion that I have. Everybody talks about how good that show is. I got maybe eight episodes into it and was like, this show sucks. I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't capture Just didn't, didn't enjoy it. And that's not to say, you know, that like, I would never argue to somebody that enjoyed it and be like, no, you're wrong. It's just like, it's I just not didn't for like you. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally a phrase. Like you can't please everybody. That's right. So, well, cool. Well, that was Raya and the Last Dragon. John. Yes, Jim. That, that was also the end of season two. <gasps> they didn't ask us. What an abrupt cliffhanger. Jay, what are we going to do? Come back next time, man. <laughs> uh, should we do that again? I don't think so, because we had already done it. The, we did it season one, but... Yeah, you can only do so many cliffhangers. Tell that to Marvel. No, yeah. Um... No, yeah, we uh, we decided to end season two. Um, it was kind of more of a push from me than it was from John, uh, just because with summer here and I've got vacation coming up soon, and we're just going to be traveling so much over the next few weeks. And so I was just like, oh, gosh, this is going to be exhausting. And so we decided that we're going to go ahead and call it for season two. So we will start back up at the beginning of August. And we will be reviewing Black Widow, which comes out July 9th. 9th. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. Listener, that gives you plenty of time 
between July 9th and the beginning of August to see Black Widow so that you can come back and listen to the episode. So you're really not missing out on much. Ideally, you could even make it to a theater. Could get that cinematic movie going experience back again. Oh, oh, it feels so good. It does. I mean, it never left. It never left for me, but it feels nice. It's like sitting in a warm jacuzzi with an ice cold. What movie theater do you go to? (laughs) I don't want my movie theater seats warm, Jay. I don't want no, any seat the, warm. The comfort that comes with it. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like that's actually what it felt like. I was like, that's no, a problem. No, that would be a gross. That theater. sounds contagious. Like I don't know yeah. that I would go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of the jacuzzi. Did I have this rash before? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does this look infected to you? Oh, um, you never want to hear that. <laughs> no, but. Uh, so you're really not missing out on much. You're only going to be missing one episode. So not that not that big of a deal. You can make it. In fact, in fact, I might even post go ahead and post an episode, maybe a rerun from a previous season or something like that. Maybe find like our our biggest hit, the one that everybody listened to for whatever reason and repost that one because for some I I haven't looked at it in a long time. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now just because I'm curious. But for the longest time, is our it... Terminator episode really was the most listened to episode that we had. I would have thought it'd be Hamilton. Let's see. We're going to do... I tell you what, Jay. Top I... episodes. I also would not be opposed to the idea of re-releasing MCU in review. That'd be a good one, too. Just because, just get it more into the forefront. Um, you know, kind of like you said, people are vacationing now give them a long uh, a long episode for their road trips so our top episode i feel like i need to add a drum roll or something <laughs> oh it's actually showing up too dang i apologize let's see i'm putting in all time is actually about soul really yeah huh how about that how about that indeed the second one would be about MCU in review. So there you go. Very cool. Well, yes. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. Y'all are great. Um, we're going to keep this going. Might as well. We're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. John's enjoying it. We're going to keep it up. So Volleyball style. Yeah. And then we'll pick up John and just use his face to, to keep hitting the ball back. I mean... I've been threatened with worse. <laughs> it's uh, It's been fun, and uh, we're going to keep it up. We're going to keep it going uh, as long as possible. Um, you know, could stuff get in the way? Possibly, you know, but we're going to keep it. Our, our listeners are, are pretty loyal to us, and so we really appreciate that. Uh, if you guys know of anybody that you feel like they might enjoy this, please, please let them know. If you have anything that you think will make this show better, please let us know. Absolutely. Because we are here for you. So if there is something that you would like to hear more of, please tell us. We want to hear from you. We really, really do. If you listen to the end, um, you'll hear my son. He's going to tell you of a few ways that you can get in touch with us. I did speak on it earlier. Uh, Another way that you can help us, too, as far as like just getting... Um, you know, making our podcast show up more, give us a rating. Give us a rating. Write us a little review. Um, share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram. Share it on Twitter. Whatever you can just to make people go, oh, hey, what's this? And just give it a little listen. Um, we've definitely improved in quality since the first episode. Um, I had some, I listened to the first episode not too long ago, and it was so funny to listen to John and I crammed into this little bitty office space, this little study space in the public library in one of our towns. And you had like the librarians like coming around looking at us and stuff like that. It's so funny to hear. And the sound quality is terrible, but Hey, we did what we, it was our first time doing it. And now here we are and we're still not recording in person, but I feel like this has kind of become the, as far as the new normal, this has kind of become the new normal. I hate using that, but yeah, no, I, I completely fits. get it anyway. Yeah. 
So we'll see what happens next season. We got movies coming out. Right? Things are opening back up. Life is coming back together. What a revolutionary concept. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Maybe we'll actually get to see the new James Bond movie. Um, I don't know. It's been pushed back like a thousand times. So <laughs> I hope so. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I'm, uh, I would say I'm not holding my breath, but I can't hold my breath till November. So, I mean, what do you do? Pass out. Dang it. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, come back in just a few weeks. August uh, 2nd, I believe, is the is the first Monday. So, Yep. So we'll see you in August. Take care. And until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.